Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence, hear your word, understand your word, bring us learning, bring us understanding, bring us life, light, everything that comes with the deposit of your word. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So we're talking about our nets and asking if our net has holes in it, amen, and uh does your faith net have holes in it? You know, we talked about what the holes consisted of, some of it. Uh, of course, there are many things that will hinder our faith or I was always, I always say take a bite out of your return or take a bite out of your promise because if your faith isn't pleasing to God and if it's not of the quality that it needs to be, it won't, uh, you won't receive the blessing that God has for you. And we saw that clearly in this uh, example with the disciples and the miracle catch. And so that's in Luke chapter 5. If you want to turn there, we start in verse 1 and uh, read the entire passage that pertained to what we were speaking about. And pulling out some of the highlights of it, things that God wants us to know uh, for this time for us right now. Um, we We saw where... Um, uh, Jesus had used their boat, used Simon Peter's boat for ministry. Amen. So that boat is what you would probably refer to as a living sacrifice. Amen. Uh, whenever you lend something to the Lord, uh, it, under the old covenant, uh, people who were too poor to let their animal be slaughtered would leave it with the priest for a season and it come back and get that animal to use at their homes. And that was the living sacrifice. So many times those animals were used to transport heavy objects from one place to the other one, um, carry people sometimes, whatever the need was. Uh, they were used for that purpose, but the sacrifice was not consumed. It was returned to the owner for future use. And because God wants everybody to be able to participate in giving. Amen. So he makes it easy for us to give. And so I, I liken Jesus using Peter's boat in the same sense. Amen. Uh, Jesus didn't need that boat for his personal possession, permanent personal possession. He just needed use of it for that time. And so whenever we lend to the Lord, whenever we um, uh, uh, give something in service to the Lord, we are entitled to a return on that. Amen. Uh, I think people get too hung up on money as a means of, of receiving from God because God, needs people he needs our time he needs our resources he needs our gifts and our talents as well as the finances and the money and sometimes we'll just give out of pocket and think we've done what we're supposed to do and then we're lax on giving in other areas but god receives anything that's offered to him with a pure heart you know i mean he's he's not snubbing his nose and telling he's not like preachers are so let's not get him confused with people we see telling us we can't, uh, that's not enough and you gotta do this or God won't bless you. You know, all this kind of, 
uh, uh, legalism and form and regulation, his grace is sufficient in all things. And whatever he graces you to be able to do, it's received by him. He looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the amount. You know, you, we saw that from what Jesus said about the, the widow that gave less uh, number-wise or amount-wise than everybody, but he says she gave more. Because she gave out of her, she realized how much she needed God, where everybody else, because they had more than enough money, didn't need God. They were self-sufficient. You see what I'm saying? So many times God is looking at what what in your heart was was touched in order for you to do this. And he rewards according to that, folks. I mean, I, I don't see it any other way. In the Bible, you know, uh, and I know there's sometimes people have gotten to the point where they'll tell you how much money if you sow, uh, $50, God will give you back this much. And, uh, I see where our brother, brother Benny Hinn get, got up and renounced that and, and asked people's forgiveness for receiving offerings like that. He said, God has corrected me. He said, you can't guarantee people a certain amount of money if they give a certain amount because God is not into amounts. Oh, you know, we got to get this in us, folks, that he looks at your heart. What is your heart? What is what is moving you? What's motivating you? What do you think on the inside of you? How do you look at God? What do you think about God and his work and and the fact that he saved you and he's called you to work for him? Uh, what are you willing to sacrifice to make time to go out and, and minister to people and witness to people and, and go pick somebody up and bring them to church? Amen. You know, everybody's graduated from that level. We You never graduate from being a soul winner. Whatever it takes to get a soul to the next place is what we need to invest ourselves in. Amen. And so it's, it's just, just the proper thing to do to understand that God looks at the heart. It's, it's always what's in your heart. And so, uh, it will, it will reveal who we trust, who we love. Our behavior will reveal everything. You know, it's it's best not to listen to what people say, but look at what they do. Amen. And and if you if you you have a heart toward God, you'll be about pleasing the father and doing things that are uh, obedience to what he tells you to do. And and those are the things that that keep your faith net tight. Amen. They keep your faith net strong that that won't cause holes to develop in your faith so that when you go to to step out in faith, you have a strength there that will pull in the things that you desire, that you won't be wavering and wondering if God will do this and if he's and when he's going to do it, all that kind of stuff. If you'll do things to keep your faith strong uh you it will be strong and the, the and the the cardinal thing to do foundational is to have a pure heart to stand in righteousness don't let anybody bug you so much that you stay in anger you stay in animosity you avoid people you talk bad about them you don't want to see them uh all of that has to be put aside because we're out to catch bigger fish amen jesus said you're going to catch men if you think that was a miracle wait until i start getting you out of here and getting you anointed so that you can get people in god's net and so this was a a uh uh a teaching 
example in in the life of the disciples. Uh, most things that Jesus did, he was able to reveal truth to them behind those things. But it's also a a portrait in God's um, I would say God's eyes, what God is doing, and how He views what we do. When Peter obediently launched out and and let Jesus use that boat, that's in in um we think verse three, I think, he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from land, and he sought down sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So right now, Peter's obedience has earned him a reward. Amen. It's like, you know, we look at the life of Abraham and we see him going to Egypt. Um, and we're not sure God directed him there. It said a famine broke out. God directed him to the land that he went to, but a famine broke out there. And it said then he sojourned to Egypt. We don't know that God told him to go down there. But when he got down there, he got in trouble. But when he left there, God had blessed him, made him very rich. And see, we wonder how you can be in trouble one minute and rich the next and God blesses you. What's up with this? And here I am obeying God every day, doing the best I can. I don't cuss. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't know. And I still struggle to get my blessings. Well, we don't look at the life of obedience prior to the mess up. See, if you've obeyed God, you got stuff coming. I know he sees you messing up, but he straightens that out. He straightened Abraham out. He straightened everybody out. Amen? But he still blessed Abraham. Why? Because he said, I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing. So God never changes his promise to us. He just wants us to be in position to receive what he has for us. Amen. And so Abraham was positioned to be to leave Egypt very rich. In fact, he probably was richer for going down there than he would have been staying where he was. I ain't I didn't tell y'all that, okay? <laughs> because he got down to Egypt and got in the middle of Buku wealth. See, he was in the king's palace. And they gave him all that stuff in restitution for sinning against him by considering taking his wife as their wife. Amen. You had to recompense people for that. Now see our religious minds, I don't see how Abraham did that. Look at how he messed up. He shouldn't been doing that. They didn't have any law then. This was before the law. So Abraham's just doing what Abraham do. Huh? Surviving. Amen. And so little by little, God straightens him out, gets him over to thinking more like he does and all that kind of stuff. But you have to understand that even when you are disobedient toward God, he doesn't cut you off totally. He don't put you out of your house because you said a cuss word. Huh? Huh? He didn't cancel all your credit cards because you messed one up. Huh? 
he probably would be doing most of us a favor if he did. Huh? But he wants us to understand and learn how to obey him, make the best choices, all that kind of stuff. And he is a forgiving God. He forgives our transgressions. He forgives our iniquities. Amen. So a forgiving God treats you like you never did anything wrong. Amen. So at this point, at verse 3, Peter has a reward coming. It's called the prophet's reward. Amen. We've talked about it in the past. And, uh, you know, true prophets will teach you on things like this. You know, Facebook prophets don't know anything about this stuff. Because they don't read the Bible. I'm convinced of it. But there is a reward for receiving a prophet. In the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. Receiving really means just obeying them. You know, doing what they tell you to do. Amen. Offering them, treating them with respect and dignity. Offering them a little hospitality. You know, offer to carry the bag. All that kind of stuff. And and you do the prophet's reward. Amen. Don't ever resent serving people. That could be your ticket to everything you need. In fact, it is. It always is. Whenever you serve, whenever you show hospitality, wherever you show kindness, that's always rewarded. Amen. It always is. Go to extra mile trying to, to bless people sometimes. You know, break out of your little comfort zone shell and see what God might have out there for you. And so Peter has been obedient. He launched out into the deep in obedience to the master. And then in verse 4, when he had left speaking, he said to uh, Peter, he said, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. Jesus said nets, plural, with an S on the end. Because no fisherman who was worth his salt only took one net with him. In fact, they would cook fish from both sides of the boat generally. So they would have a net on one side and a net on the other side. So this dropping one net, Peter dropped one net, this half-hearted obedience is a telltale sign that you got a hole in your net. Amen. Your net of faith isn't as strong as it needs to be because we need to obey God with joy and with gladness, obedience and serve him, not grudgingly or of necessity. He loves a cheerful giver, not just the finances, but your time, your talents, everything. He wants your attitude to be straight. Same thing your mama told you, girl, straighten your face up. Don't come in here looking like this. I'll slap it on the other side. You understand what I'm saying? And it's attitude is everything because your parents look at you and they see an adult one day. That if they don't have the right attitude about things, they will never succeed in life. Amen. You can't go into an employer and stick your mouth out when they tell you to do something and think you're going to get a paycheck and you're going to have that job for very long. So you've got to treat that job with respect. you got to treat it with dignity. you got to treat it like it's the best job in the world, even though you you don't like things about it. You don't let that sour your whole attitude. 
Amen. You learn how to to keep a, a good heart about things. God, I thank you that you gave me this job. I thank you, Lord, that this job is the best job that I can have right now. And I'm thanking you for my next job, which will be better than this one. Amen. And just work at what you work at while you're working at it with a good heart and a good attitude. And so Peter gives himself away when Jesus tells him. Now, this is a word of knowledge coming from the mouth of a prophet. And he's telling him to go out over here and fish over here and get a catch. So he tells him from beginning to end what's going to happen. This is typical of what prophets do when they give you a success message. They tell you, if you do this, go here, do this, God is going to bless that, and he's going to prosper you through what you're doing. It's up to you to receive it right, to step out in faith on it. All of that stuff is your responsibility. Now, many people, it's very common for the flesh to to jump into the picture and start interacting in this spiritual thing. See, it's it's up to you whether you hear by the Spirit and humble yourself and, and in a humble heart, go ahead and obey, or if you want to argue with it and not like it, and say it's not going to work, you know, whether you say it verbally or you say it within, all same thing, because it'll determine what you say within yourself determines your action. Amen. So this is the same thing. Turn Second Kings chapter, where was I? Chapter 4. Yes, yeah, Second Kings chapter 4. What did Peter say? He said, Master, we worked all night and we didn't catch anything. So in other words, we did what you're telling me to do already. Then he straightens it up. Nevertheless, not my, you know, not at your word, we'll do it. You know, just because you say so. Amen. Same thing over here in Second Kings uh, chapter 4. The Shunammite woman. Let me see. Which which verse is this one? In verse 13, 12 and 13, we, we already know that Elisha was coming by this woman's house. She's a wealthy woman coming by on a regular. She decides, as talks to her husband, and they, they decide to build him a little apartment there so he can stop and rest, refresh himself, and all of that. That was his property. And it says here in verse 11, it fell on a day that he came there and turned into the chamber and lie there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he called her, she stood before him. And he said, and he said unto him, say now unto her, behold, you have been careful for us with all this care. In other words, you have blessed me. You've taken care of me. I want to repay you. And he said, what is to be done for you? Would you be spoken uh, for to the king or the captain of the, in other words, I have influence where I can help your life. And she said, I dwell among my own people. In other words, I don't need anything you have. And he said, then what is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered and said, truly she has no child and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door and he said, about this season, according to the time of life, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no. 
don't lie to me. Amen. So here the flesh always rises up whenever the word of the Lord comes forth. You got to believe your carnal man is going to respond the same way your spirit man wants to hear it. See, this lady didn't have a born again spirit. We do. So we have the ability to hear with spiritual ears and receive what God is telling us to do. See, if you listen by the spirit from from beginning to end, you'll get the right your your spirit will respond the right way every single time. But if you're one of these people that likes to pick and choose what you're going to hear the man or the woman of God tell you. If you if it don't sound right, you kick it out. If it sounds right, you you understand what I'm saying? That's really carnality. Because until you let that word get get in and settle in on you, you can't discern if God has anything in that for you or not. Do you understand what I'm saying? But this is kind of like to me an open and shut case where this this woman has blessed them. They want to bless her back. This man has power with God. She already said that. I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which means that he has power with God and God's not making any mistakes. So you ought to be able to hear what he says and receive it. Amen. But she says, no, don't lie to me. Amen. And you might wonder why she takes that attitude. Well, number one, the carnal mind is the enemy of God. It cannot receive God. It fights God. So if you want to get something from the Lord, you're going to have to put that suspicion, criticism, negativity, put all that stuff aside because God is not going to plow his way through all the negative ideas in your head, you know, and and just not wanting to do anything. You know, some people feel better if they don't have to believe. Because they can just go around in the natural and go to a job, you know, just like sinners do, get the paycheck, put a little in the offering, and never launch out into the deep where they have to use their faith for anything. Or they get out there and the results start looking bad. And they retreat back, never to go back out again. 99% of Christians live like that, folks. Don't look at me like I just fell off a turnip truck or something. You know for yourself most people are out there faking it. They're not in faith. They're not living by faith. They don't live by the word. You know, you tell them about a, about a financial blessing, they get excited and want to jump on that, but many of them don't even follow it through to make sure they get what they're believing God for. Health and healing? Pfft, really? Huh? They talk a good game, but they don't stay with the word. They don't meditate on the word. They don't embrace the word and look for results. Look for daily improvement. Look for getting off medicine. Look for, you understand what I'm saying? Most people don't live like that. Like Norval Hay said, this is where you live, lose 90% of the church. When you give them this kind of instruction, you tell them this kind of stuff, you lose most of them. Amen? Because they don't want to believe it. They don't want to obey it. Their understanding of God's love for them is not up to snuff. And they just as soon go about their their lives in a natural way. You know, they're good Christians. They love God. They even pray some of them. You know what I'm saying? 
But as far as a life of faith, it's just not there. It's not there for most of us. Amen. And so this is God trying to bless people and introduce them to him. This is what it is. With Peter, it's an introduction to the goodness of God. With this Shunammite woman, it's an introduction to the goodness of God. What could be wrong with that? So she's suspicious, even though she's already said he's a holy man of God. See, the enemy will come in there and plant errant seed in your mind about people, in your hearts about people. You know, it's like, you know, if I give you a prophecy and tell you God loves you and all this kind of, yo, just not the same. I love everybody. but if I tell you go do something he told me to tell you to do, then you're upset. So you said, you like what you like and you don't like what you don't like. And see, most people get stuck in a jam somewhere and they want to play it like it's not as bad as it is, even though they're hurting inside. And they rather rebuff the man or woman of God when they give them clear instruction rather than be obedient, humble themselves, be obedient, and get out of the jam. That's what the prophet's gift is for. It gets you out of trouble because people stay in trouble. Because the devil gives you trouble. So we're all fighting the same devil, folks. You understand what I'm saying? But until you learn how to receive what the prophet has to offer you, you're going to be hungry, broke, sad, all of the above, missing some things. Because there's still that suspicion there. Well, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. Well, she just don't understand my situation. <laughs> I don't need to, I'm trying to understand God on your behalf. I don't need to know nothing about your situation. Amen. Don't want to understand it, to be honest with you. I want it to leave. Why are we trying to understand something bad in your life? We want to get rid of it. I mean, I hope we're on the same page with that. But people, you got to learn how to receive, folks. You know, you receive it. If, if something is given to you that's gonna move you, you, it's time for you to move. Sometimes we sit up waiting on God to, to do something for us and He gives us instruction to move and we don't want to do that. We think it's, it's gonna come to us by us just sitting and waiting. Now you gotta go out and get it. You understand? So He, He's the one who can release you to go out and get it. Amen? It's like the two lepers. Why sit we here until we die? They made up their minds. They say, you know what? It ain't getting no better right here. Well, see, that's the that's the open door for the word of the Lord to come in and tell you where to go, what to do, and how to do it so you can get out of the jam that you're in. Amen? And so God wants to move us to the place where we can receive what he has for us and reward us for prior obedience. And see, when the prophet comes to you and tells you do so and so and such and such, you don't see it as a reward for prior obedience. You see it as, what is she talking about? That ain't going to work. Well, I tried that before. And she just don't know. You understand what I'm saying? So you need to be willing to do something. 
You know, you need to be willing to do anything. I remember who was I think it was Vicky Winans gave a testimony. She had been sick for a number of years, I think. And she said, I, God finally healed me. She said, but it was a rough go. She said, everything the saints told me to do, I did. They said, run around the church barefoot. I took my shoes off and ran around the church barefoot. I was still sick. <laughs> she gave a litany of things. She said, and then finally one day, <laughs> something worked. Amen. And so you got to be willing to to move from point A to point B. You just, why sit you there until you die? Just sit and wait on something. Sometimes you got to take a risk. You know, you got to risk, you know, people in wheelchairs have to risk falling down to get up and walk. You understand what I'm saying? Now it's better under the anointing because your chances of falling are much less. Amen. If God gives you the unction to move, those legs will hold up. Amen. But we have to be willing to make a change. Flip it around. Do something different. Do something that looks like it won't work. That's always God's instruction. You know, the devil is waiting on us to do the same things over and over again so he can cause us to be discouraged when they don't work. So God will give you something to do that's different. Just to confound the devil so he's not waiting there in the same old, same old routine with you, waiting for you to trip up, amen, and get discouraged. And so here Peter is, he doesn't want to be embarrassed. He doesn't want to be discouraged or ashamed. He he wants something that's going to work. And how could this work when we did it already and it didn't work for us? Let me tell you something. You can do what you do over and over and over again with no faith in it, no unction, no heart, no leading from God. In fact, if there's no leading from God, you can do the same thing and it won't work. Then the prophet comes and tells you to do the same thing. Now it's the leading from God, but you're stuck in what didn't work in the past. You got me? He's trying to teach us. How to work smarter, not harder. How to do things by unction and by his leading so that that power will be with you when you do it and it'll pay off. Amen. You can do the same things over and over again, but this time God told you to do it and it worked. Amen. Come on, y'all. Get with me here. Because you can, you can can get an instruction and the anointing will be on it to prosper it. Whereas when you were doing it before, you were just trying something. You got me? What you want to do is do it by leading and by unction. And and try some stuff too. I've tried some things. And sometimes God will honor them and let them work. And so these these are inspired instructions that we're looking at, that God wants us to be careful of, to hear what the prophet is saying so that we can receive what, what we have coming. So, um, Simon Peter doesn't know he has a reward coming. He has no clue. There's no clue God wants to bless him right now and bless him big. Otherwise, he would have been waiting on the word of the Lord to come. So that he would know what to do to receive his blessing. And so Jesus tells him what to do. 
He rebuts him. Amen. We did that already. We didn't get anything. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. In other words, just because you say so, you know. And when they had done it, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their nets broke. Then he had to call partners. Now, they were able to get the result. You know, I'm sure they suffered some loss because transferring fish from one boat, leaking nets, you're going to have some something that gets away. You understand what I'm saying? So there's some loss here. The fact that he did not honor God, I mean, Jesus as a prophet of God with a word of knowledge for him that was going to bless his life. The reason he didn't honor him caused loss. And I'm telling you that that is the source of loss for a lot of people in the body of Christ right now. That they don't honor the words of the prophet of God as something that God will use to help their lives. They just put it on the shelf and maybe, you know, when I get around to it, I'll do that. Or you, you understand what I'm saying? You have to let these words register on the inside of you and stir you up and motivate you to follow the instruction so that your faith can be in it and you can get what's needed. So when Jesus said, drop your nets and he dropped one, he lost a whole net full of fish that he could have had from the beginning. Cause the fact that, that the, the nets were overloaded was what caused them to break. Amen. That they weren't strong enough to hold what all that God was going to pour out into their lives. But see, you don't get that with just half-hearted obedience and dragging around and I'm going to do this and I, or, you know, saying you're doing it and you're not doing it. Amen. Or, or I did that, you know, whatever, you know, Peter gives that, that, that blanket excuse that, that believers give sometimes when they're given instruction from God. Well, I've been doing that. It's, it's not coming to you as an accusation. It's coming as instruction, but your word here, your ears hear it as accusation and you feel like you got to explain yourself and, and acquit yourself and clear yourself. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to be careful how we hear many times. You're getting instruction that's going to help your life. So what if if it's a repeat of what you already heard God tell you? It needs to be reinforced so that you'll continue to do it. Because the day is going to come where you're going to doubt if any of it is working. You understand what I'm saying? So you're going to need to have banked up in you. Some corroborating word that says, some confirming word that says, yeah, you know, that was the right thing to do. I remember Pastor Bob told me to do that, and I knew I was doing it. And so maybe that was just God telling me to keep doing it because I'm doing the right thing. Because he sees where we're going to doubt down the road. See, don't be argumentative so much and explaining so much about the instruction of God when it comes to you. Just let it settle in on you. And just say, okay, amen, even though you're doing it already. You don't have to say that. Because that kind of diminishes the impact that it would have in your ears. Amen. And so these are the things that that we need to understand about when we get instruction from the servants of God. When God cares enough about us to want to bless us and give us the things that our hearts desire. 
You know, you can't be like the Shunammite. She was a heathen. You know, she kind of has an excuse for being negative and doubting God's servant. She feels both ways about him. He's a holy man of God. I'm going to make him a place to live. Just because people offer you hospitality, it doesn't mean that they respect your gift in your office. People offer you things for a variety of reasons. Amen. Maybe she wanted to be known as somebody who's got a prophet stand in her house. Rather than having him there and understanding that he's there to bless her life. See? And so we we have to be careful to stay engaged in the realm of the spirit so that we can get what God has for us. But this reaction that Peter gave and that the Shunammite woman gave is a common reaction to the word of knowledge that comes through the prophet of God. Sometimes you can get so acclimated to prophecies and words of knowledge that you kind of get passive about it. It just goes in one ear and out the other one, you know. Like sometimes I'll I'll hear certain people that are are known or gifted in the word of knowledge give give out words of knowledge. And instead of just, you know, staying in the spirit, I'll say, well, you know, I don't need anything. And I'm sitting up here, I'm taking pills, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm being casual about that. And that could be my answer if I'd stay engaged. So it's a common thing for us to happen, for us to kind of disengage and and pull the plug on revelation and pull the plug on our faith and believing things, that kind of stuff. It's very common to do that because we're we're living in a flesh body. <laughs> you understand? So it's important to understand but 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 I tell you this to tell you there's some things you need to stay engaged in and make it a priority rather than paying attention to every little word somebody says, but but if they come to you with a word that you you know you need something in that area from God, pay attention that God is giving you something new. He's encouraging you in a new way. He's he's putting something out there for you, another lifeline for you. He knows we get weary doing the things that, that he tells us to do. He knows exactly what we need. So don't just turn your ears down like I heard that already, you know, and, and that's nothing new. You know, sometimes the old is what you need to hear again. You make it new by putting some life to it. Amen. You make it new by believing and adding your faith to it. And so it's, it's just important, I think, to, to understand these atmospheres that we're in sometimes, how rich they can be in helping us to get to the next level and helping us to sometimes it just helps to stay open to God is still working in this area of my life. You know, he still wants me. It's It's been a lot of years since I prayed, first started praying about this, but he still got that. That's no expiration date on my prayer. This is still a possibility. This is still on his list. This is still, this is not on the back burner anymore. It's, it's intense in God's heart and his mind. And so these are the things that we need to be careful of, that we don't treat words like, and, and, Trust me, the enemy is conditioning the body of Christ to treat words from prophets like they're nothing. Because there's so many out there giving false words. And so many out there arguing the word of God. We don't have to argue God's word. He can defend his own self. All he asks you to do is go tell it to somebody and and leave. Go home, you know. 
and and so getting out there and, and wanting to have a word for everybody every day and you know all this kind of stuff go go clean your house or something you know i mean any go to a job anything but but see the enemy wants to get us to the point where when we see somebody get oh not another one you know where we're you know not attentive by the spirit or you want to pack your spirit up and, and shut it down lest you start receiving some of this crazy stuff people are saying out there. But it's to malign the, the, the gift and, and to dilute it, to make it cheap, to make it trite, all of that. To disrespect the gift so that we, we're not attentive to the true prophets of God when they have something for us that really is life changing. Amen. And so with keep Stay sharp, stay focused, you know, stay obedient. Do some of these things when God God instructs you through a, a man or woman of God what to do. D- try doing them. Do it for a good season. You know, don't don't just throw uh, some lip service to it, but but put it to put it to the test and say, God, you know, so and so told me if I would do this, you would start blessing me. You know, and, and, and let God bless you. Amen. He wants to bless you. So here Peter tells Jesus, but at his word, he's going to do it anyway. Amen. And what God has in mind is totally different from what we have in mind. And you need to know that because God has a, 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 um, a, a clause in our covenant, Ephesians 3.20. Amen. He will always exceed your expectations. He will always give abundance beyond your expectations. He'll give you so much your nets will break. And so he wants to do that and show you his power and show you his desire uh, and how much he loves you. His desire to bless you. And with this miracle catch, he's telling Peter, he said, there's no um, amount of fish that I won't give you if you just obey me and do what I tell you to do. In other words, Peter, you you can quit fishing and I'm still going to bless you. In other words, you can, if you just need to have money from your fishing business, I can tell you what day to go, when to go, and how much you're going to catch that day. And you know, you can X out, I've toiled all night and got nothing. See, now this is totally gone from Peter's life. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to get to the place where we don't toil to no avail. He wants us to be so in tune with him that we can go there anytime he directs us to go there. And, and we can still be blessed. We can still get what we need. Peter, Peter was nervous. And let Jesus see him be nervous. Don't let prophets see you nervous. Cause God will give, give you a nerve pill. <laughs> he gives, he gonna tell you, go rest your nerve. He'll give you something for your nervous. You understand me? That's the way the gift operates. I can't control it. You can't either. And so Peter's wondering, Jesus asked him, why are you pondering? And he said, well, uh, he said, the Romans said that we're supposed to pay taxes. They asked me, does your master pay taxes? And he said, 
uh, he said, well, what did you tell him? And, and Peter's like, well, I didn't tell him nothing yet. And he said, well, well, he said, well, what does the, the law said? He said, he says, well, he said, we are children of, of the kingdom or, or, you know, the citizens go free. In other words, foreigners pay taxes, but c- uh, citizens go free. They were citizens. So they shouldn't have been paying nothing. But Jesus said, nevertheless, we don't want to offend anybody. But go down to the the creek and put your, your hook in there. And the first fish that comes up, take the coin out of his mouth and go pay taxes. In other words, I don't have a problem doing things just to keep peace and not offend people. Amen. Sometimes God will call you to do that. You know, God, I don't owe these people anything. I was just going to pay them anyway and get that out of your your life. You understand what I'm saying? Don't strive over that. And so God has a way to remedy all of that. But but Peter saw again that Jesus had control over finances through his efforts at fishing. And this time, instead of Jesus uh, having him pull the fish out and sell the fish and make money that way, he just shortcuts it. He said, I'll stick the money in the fish's mouth and you come on with me and keep preaching. Amen. You don't have time to go to fish market and sell your fish and all that kind of stuff and clean them. So you just got time to go down there and get that money and pay it. And so Jesus is able to show that he has a means, a method, and a way of rewarding us for obedience. That prophet's reward lasted Peter throughout his lifetime. There's no record of him picking up a fishing boat or net again until after Jesus was crucified and resurrected. And they were waiting for the next thing to happen. Peter got bored and said, well, I'm just going to go fishing. You understand what I'm saying? Pick up my former occupation. And Jesus revealed himself to him there too. You understand what I'm saying? But you need to understand that that prophet's reward is a revelation from God that opens a door to blessing to you that stays open the whole time. Anytime you, it's a continual blessing. It's a continual flow. So turn to 2 Kings 4 verse 1. So where we were further down in it. So go up to verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead and you knew that he did fear the Lord. Now the creditor has come to take away my two sons to be bondmen. So unfortunately he was, he was a righteous man. Fortunately, unfortunately he left his family in debt. But what does the Bible say about a good man? to two generations so there's two generations of money somewhere in that house if that girl knew her scripture (laughs) no but it's the prophet's job to help you locate that see that's not her job to know the how the why how to put it together that's god's job to send somebody to tell her how to put those things together so that she can get the reward of a good man. Amen. At this point, it looks like he wasn't a faithful whatever, 
He left his family in debt. His sons are now going to go to jail to pay off the debt. It's looking bad for him. So God does many things when he comes and rescues us. Number one, he meets the need. Get the boys out of jail. Put wealth in the woman's house again. But also, he's concerned about the reputation of one of his servants. He doesn't want people in that neighborhood to be thinking that this man of God was something shoddy about him. He wants them to have a true picture. She said out of her mouth, you know, you're, you're, he was a faithful servant and he did fear the Lord. So if he feared the Lord, that means he served God all the days of his life. And this is why she's coming with a complaint. I should be in better shape financially than I am. And that's just true. Many of us should be in better shape. We got to find out where the hole in the bag is, where the tear in the net is. And see, the prophet comes to, to patch up that hole in her faith and patch up that tear in her faith so that she can get back on the road of, of being a wealthy woman. Amen. Being a woman who has abundance, being somebody who can hold her head up in the neighborhood. Amen. Instead of begging, you know, many times widows had to beg or or worse. You understand the boys are going to go to prison and she doesn't know how she's going to survive. But God. So Elisha said to her, she said, the creditors come to take my two sons to be bondmen to work off the debt. And Elijah said to her, Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? In other words, Whatever you receive, your faith has to be put into motion on something. It's got to be activated by some kind of work, some kind of effort on your part. You got to have what they call skin in the game. You understand what I'm saying? Um, you know, if like the lottery sign, uh, no pay if you don't play. You know what I'm saying? You got to pay. You got to play to pay. Whatever. It, it, it's just a true. Um, it's a true. Uh, law across the board whether you're in the world or you're you're in god's kingdom see this stuff is not new for us you know we try to act like sowing seed oh yeah you got sow seed like that's new people in the world know that to give to you got to give to get amen you didn't i shouldn't say this i'm gonna say it now i'll say it i'm gonna pass that one up Everybody's listening. Look, everybody woke up now. Uh, but if when you got your dope, you got your bag, you took it around your friends and you shared it. Or you didn't get high again. Huh? They packed up when they saw you come in, they packed up and left. Seed faith. This the seed faith principle. See, it works in, in both kingdoms. Now, if everybody's sufficiently awake, huh? Chuck back there holding her breath. She don't want me to say nothing else. I ain't saying nothing else, Chuck. But it's it's a law. Amen. It's a spiritual law that works in both kingdoms. Amen. If you don't work, you don't eat. That's a law that works in both kingdoms. Amen. You got to work in order to eat. And so this thing about having something, invest something of yourself is not foreign. 
It's not new. It's not an offense to anybody. People kind of understand that you don't get something out of nowhere. It doesn't materialize out of nothing. And so he told her, he said, what do you have in your house? And she said, not anything in the house save a pot of oil. And he said to her, go borrow vessels from your neighbors, empty ones, and borrow not a few. And when you come in, you shall shut the door upon you and your sons and pour out into those vessels and set aside those that are full. Now, suppose she had looked at him and said, but it's just a little bit. You don't understand. See, it ain't that much in there. I just got to see the complaint. If you're going to hear from God, the complaint has to leave your heart. The doubt has to leave your heart. The unbelief has to leave. The pride has to leave. This man telling her, well, if, if, if it was going to help me, it would have helped me already. It's been in my house all this time. See, you don't know how to put it to work. Where is my tissue? I want, Poppy, throw me a tissue back there. I was, just toss one out in the air. That's good enough. Thank you. That's right. Amen. Missing ingredient is the knowledge and the unction. The faith comes when you first put your hand to it. That's when your faith shows up. Amen. You may not feel excited about anything when you first, but a lot of these people just go through and obediently do what they're told to do. You got me? Sometimes the, you, you can say, Oh, Praise God, my answer is here. I'm going to go do this. But most people go with a little bit of of trepidation anyway. A little bit of maybe this will work. Maybe this won't work. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe this is the thing to do. Maybe you, you understand what I'm saying? There's always some little drawback there. Something that um, people just don't think it's going to work. And some people never even try it. They just decide in their pride, it's not going to work. I'm not going to try this. You know, if God was going to help me or like Naaman, I thought for sure the prophet would come to me and say so-and-so and thus and thus. and Well, he didn't. He told you to go do something. Huh? Well, if that was going to work, it would work in my, my water near where I am. It's cleaner. You see how engaged the carnal mind is in these things that, that, you know, you know, God gave me, and, and words of knowledge work over and over again. You don't have a, you don't have to have a fresh word for everybody. <laughs> That's what shocks a lot of people. Well, Amos 9.13, we've been saying that. Yeah, but have you been believing it and operating on it? See, we say it too often that puts people to sleep. And you forget that that works still? Huh? There, many people have been smokers when they come to the ministry. And God gave me a, a word of knowledge for, for how to get rid of the cigarettes. He said, talk to them cigarettes while you're smoking them. Oh, while I'm smoking them, well, I was wanting to quit. Yeah, but you still, you're going to smoke them. And so this, you know, God nails you. 
So you don't condemn yourself because you still smoke and he know you're going to smoke. Go smoke the cigarette, but talk to it. Anybody ever gave that to try it and it worked. Pretty soon they, Pastor Barbie, you know what? I said, I know you don't smoke no more, do you? You used your faith on that cigarette while you were smoking it. You called yourself a non-smoker? Cigarette, I'm not going to be smoking you no more. You are done in my life. I am not smoking you no more. And it left. See, that's God does things like to show you how strong your faith is to help you, but you got to put it in motion and put it in operation for it to help you. You got to know how to put it in the operation to help you. Amen. It's just like if you get a, um, you know, a, a say a, a shelf you want to put together comes in a box. I know because I got some of my closing boxes right up. And wait until somebody, <laughs> am I right, Poppy? That's right. You used to get, it's a, it's three pages of instructions. Oh my goodness. No. So, you know, and wait for somebody to come to, to do that stuff. Amen. Now, and, and, but you got to have your life in faith is like that box. You got all the parts necessary to have a nice piece of furniture when you get finished with it, but you got to have instructions. For how to put it together. Amen. So the prophet's job is to give you instruction. That is not to say you can't get instruction on your own. I hear that already. Well, God can tell me himself. Yeah, but he ain't doing it. Why? Because you don't listen. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're looking for the answer. And sometimes he does it to straighten out relationships between you and people. We cut below the surface, Pastor Barb. Huh? Yeah, he needs to show you people are necessary in your life. See, we're quick, too quick to want to write people off. God will start eliminating people and you're going to be by yourself. That's what the devil wants. He likes people who like hearing stuff like that. Tickle your ears. Oh, he gonna start getting rid of some people. Good, you know, and I can go, yeah, yeah, you can be by yourself. We're called the body for a reason, folks. Cause we are a body. You can't write nobody off. You gotta learn how to reconcile with everybody, be friends with everybody, you know, as much as possible, the word says. But don't start looking at people as being less than you are. and They got to get out of your life because you're so important. You understand what I'm saying? That's nonsense. Total nonsense. So anyway, Elisha and this, this woman, she's, she's to borrow, to go and borrow oil and start pouring. Amen. And he told, tells her to borrow not a few. So he's given her a hint, hint that God is going to give you so much abundance out of this that you're, you just, you just got to have as many as you can get. Amen. And, and expect big. And I think that's where we miss it sometimes because we'll let the devil harass us and put us under pressure and all this kind of stuff to the point where we just glad to get it over with. 
You understand what I'm saying? I know it ain't everything God wanted me, but I'm glad to get out of from under the pressure of believing. And we put most of that pressure on ourselves. By not getting peace about it. God, I'm going to stop worrying about this thing. I gave it to you already. I'm going to get peace about this. Help me get peace about it so I'm not fretful. And I can expect the abundance that you're going to bring to me. Because many times we diminish our expectation in in things that we're looking for from God. Amen. We just don't expect on the level that he wants to bless us on or on the level that the word says that we're supposed to have. Amen. And so whenever God gives, he gives lavishly and abundantly. It's not just basic, you know, stuff, barely enough. It's always, that's his calling card. That's how you know he was there. He puts his card out there. He said, my name is exceeding abundantly blow your mind stuff. More than what you could conceive. Amen. So many times it's just good to let it go and let God have it. God, you know what I need. You know what I want to spend. You know when I need it, how to get it here. You know, and and, and quit with these fake pictures we want to post everywhere. You know, God gave me a vision. Of, well, we we going to know if it was God or not because it has yet to appear. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I want to burst your bubble, but it is yet to appear. The other thing you need to understand when prophets give you word from God, it'll usually manifest quickly because they're there to get you off square one and move you along because you have a need. They don't want to say it's going to happen one day in the great by and by. They want it to happen right away. You strike a match, you want to see fire. You want to look at the match for three days and wonder when it's, you, you know, still, whatever. Praise God. You know, when you cry out to God and you're looking for answers, you want your answers to show up. Amen. You don't want somebody to be telling you it's off in the future again. You know. Praise God. So, so here's the, the, um, this woman begins to, she went and got the vessel. She sent her boys to go get them. Um, let me see. Yeah, he told her when you come in, shut the door upon you and your sons. Amen. That's important. Um, shut the door really means to lock that word up on the inside of you. It means to meditate on it. Make that word real to you. Don't let yourself get distracted from what God wants to do. Seclude yourself in with the word of God so that that word will, will, you have, you, you have the greatest possibility of prospering. When you can hide that word on the inside of you. In other words, don't go run and tell all the neighbors that the prophet told you something. Before it even comes to pass. You got me? And that's why he told her, shut, shut the door and shut yourself in. So that when, when 
this miracle begins to happen, you can stay totally focused on it. And he says, pour out all those into all those vessels and set aside when they're full. And so she went from him, shut the door upon her and her sons and brought who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. Now, it's very important that the sons get involved in their own deliverance. See, everybody involved in a, a reward has a a function. Their faith has to be engaged in it. These boys are sons of a prophet. They are probably called to the ministry. That's why the devil's so quick to want to lock them up in prison. Amen. And so you got to understand that there are some things God is doing in every miracle that has a result that that is a kingdom result and also a personal result. We should never get so excited about the personal aspect of it and not follow the instruction all the way and allow God to be able to reveal himself to somebody else. These boys need to see a miracle. Other than that, they're going to be dependent on their mom for everything because their father's gone now. And so it's time for them to step up and start understanding the things of God and how God works. And so she began to pour out and, and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, bring me another one. So the unction for a continual blessing was on her. See, she has the faith for this thing to continue nonstop. If she had had two more days worth of vessels, she would have filled them up. You know, her faith was at that level where she expected God to continue. She wasn't looking at, let me just get out of debt and pay this bill. She was looking at being engaged in what God is doing now. And in being absorbed in what he's doing. That's the other purpose for shutting the door. So you don't get distracted and start discussing what, oh, it, it looks like it's empty. I don't know if it's going to be full. She shut the door. She shut her mouth. She shut her boys up in there. And they all went to work under that anointing. And that anointing let her know that the God was still willing to give her more. Even though her natural circumstances said she was full, she in her heart knew God was willing to give her more. And that's the payoff of the prophet's reward, that you know that God will not only get you out of this jam, but he will get you out of the next jam and the next one and the next one. You serve a faithful God. So God wants all of that stuff established. The one thing people know about the prophet's reward, it is a continual blessing. It can be reactivated anytime you have the same need. Amen. It'll always, that, that anointing will always be there to supply your need no matter how many years down the line it is. You know, many times we know if, if we have pains or aches, we can get Turn everything off, put the word on, put your healing tapes on, and you'll be out from this in at least three days. You got me? If it takes longer, it's probably because you haven't shut everything down. Now, that's happened with me. I'll start real intense on the first day, and then second and third day, I slack off a little bit. 
Well, stay intense all three days. You get rid of it in three days. You understand what I'm saying? Or less. Many times it's less than that. And so this, the, the, the unction for the miracle is still there. It's the same thing in Peter's life. We said yesterday, Peter got two nets full of fish where he didn't even think he would get one. Amen. But then when you, when Jesus said from now on, you're going to catch men, we see over in the book of Acts, people, Peter, uh, preached and 5,000 people get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost in one meeting. So that prophet's reward miracle catch anointing was still in his life after Jesus died and was raised from the dead. So that does not leave you folks. Don't, don't go fishing around for a new word from somebody. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you got something in your life. If you'll use it, it will continue to flow and repeat in your life over and over and over again. Amen. See, people, people like to disconnect when, when prophets start to demand too much or the ministry starts to demand too much. People want to disconnect. They do it. I don't want to do that no more. I've been doing that all these years. I want something different. Well, go get something different. There's something different out there for everybody. You understand what I'm saying? But is it, is it what you need for your life? See, you can't disconnect from the, the source and still think you got light. And you can't connect in the way you want to connect. There has to be God ordained. You have to follow through on these things. You have to connect in the way God says to do it. Amen? Just a thought. Plant a little seed there. Amen? You know, chew on it for a little bit. You know, if you could, if you could relate to people any way you want to and think you're going to have a good relationship, like, you know, you couldn't go home to your husband and say, well, you know, baby, I was sleeping with you all these years, but I think I want to go sleep someplace else now. But I'm still your wife. Huh? We still good, right, Poppy? No comments. <laughs> I see steam coming out of his ears. <laughs> steam behind the ears. You can't relate to people any kind of way, especially the body of Christ. You have to relate to people the way God says it's proper to relate to them, or you can't expect the reward to be what it's supposed to be. Amen? So we're here to learn these things folks so that we can have successful lives i see a lot of people out there chasing words that i know will never come to pass they never came from god there was no unction on them and yet they go back it's almost like them them uh uh gypsy crystal ball people the last word they gave you didn't come to pass but you like that word but you're gonna go back to the same person that told you something that didn't happen to try and get something to happen Amen. So that's, you know, that's a danger with chasing gifted, giftedness and all that kind of stuff and releasing gifts and people not discerning. A lot of people have never been taught basic things about the word, let alone about how to relate to different ministry gifts. They just know 
they they just want something from God and maybe that person can help them get it. But things have to be done according to God's plan and his purpose for your life. And it has to be done scriptural. Amen. Has to be done in a scriptural way. So uh, the widow with the cruise of oil. The oil stayed only when she quit being able to pour it. Amen. If 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 she had another vessel, the oil would still be flowing. We know that the prophet's reward will continue to manifest in our lives. Amen. We just have to put it to work. Sometimes people are reluctant to try and put it to work again because they think, well, God did it that way that time. I wonder if he'll do it. You understand what I'm saying? We always think we need something new and different in order to get the things done that we want to have done. But sometimes you just need to follow through. Why not perfect the same old way and and understand those paths to blessing are still there for you. They're still open for you. That God still has that blessing in store for you. And he wants you to receive that blessing. Amen. So he gives you a path that you can go and put to work yourself. And I think that's a good thing. It says here, the oil stayed when the vessels were, were, were filled and she came and told the man of God, important, very important, instead of getting all happy and say, oh, I can do this with this and I can do this with this and I can do this with this. And he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt and you and your children live on the rest. Amen. And so it's always good to have that blessing over the miracle, that final instruction of how to distribute the miracle, what to do with what God's blessed you with, how to do that. Whenever God gives me money that I didn't expect, I'll ask him, I say, God, is this for so-and-so I've been praying about or what is this for? I don't have in my mind already that I'm going to go do something with it. Because I know it didn't just come. You understand what I'm saying? In fact, I do that with pretty much everything that comes into my hands anymore. I've learned not to just have a free money running around and free things running around that don't, aren't earmarked for certain things or aren't, aren't there for, for certain purposes. And, and that's really how you worship God and honor God. You give Him control over everything in your life. And He said, he gives her instruction on how not to be broke again. See, this is the thing sometimes that's missing from when we get blessed. We never stop and get the instruction for how not to get broke again. And so the prophet even gives her that. He tells her, you're going to be able to sell enough oil to pay that debt off. And then you and your sons can go live off the rest of it. And it will be enough to take care of you, okay? And just make sure that you're careful, you know, how you live and what you spend it on. But it should be adequate supply your needs from here on in. Amen? And so when God rewards us, he does it so that we never have the same problem again. He does not, this affliction will not rise up a second time. He makes an utter end to the things that rub us the wrong way cause us trouble, rub us sore, cause us worry, pain, all of that stuff. He does not intend for you to get in that same situation again. 
but you've got to obey the instruction of God when he comes and, and bails you out. You know, you see people over and over and again, the same financial problems, the same, they just don't learn. And, and you can pray with them, encourage them. God's going to help you. He's going to get you out of this. He expects you to do better the next time. Listen to him every day, every instruction, every time. But many times we get money and it just makes us, you know, like it doesn't come with, with, <laughs> with trouble. You know, it, it's somebody had to put forth effort to get it there, to get it in your hands. You know, the prophet's got a job to do, you know, and he's, he's there telling people, you know, how to get their lives straight and all that. But he also will give you instruction on how to stay straight and how to not get in that trouble again. Amen. And so if we'll listen all the way down the line, we'll be able to live the kind of life God wants. He wants us to live carefree. He doesn't want money woes, money worries, um, health worries, security worries. He doesn't want any of that on us. But we really do have to learn how to obey instruction. We have to learn how to incline our ear and let God help us out of these things and and honor the instruction that he gives you you know listen to it and say god i'm i'm going to follow this i'm going to believe that this is something that's going to help me and i'm going to follow this and i'm going to expect that you're right there to meet me so that i can prosper in this thing and not have money woes and money cares all of my life that's just not god's way for us amen amen father we thank you we bless you we praise you we thank you father for the prophet's reward that is always multiplication, it's continual blessing, it's, it gets us out of a jam if we're in a jam, and it gives us our financial release, Father. It's always something to put us in a better position so that we can live peacefully on this earth, and we thank you for it. Father, I thank you for the people who are assembled here and for their hunger and their desire for more of you. Father, help them to begin to put the things that they learn into operation every day just just don't go expecting to do the same old same old all the time but they would expect to be able to do more better with more ease have more of uh, security in their lives more freedom in their lives and everything that they do not so restricted so lord i thank you for what you're doing in our lives and helping us allowing us to be able to do the things that we know are pleasing to you and be rewarded for them too we thank you for it lord in jesus name amen and praise god if anybody needs prayer come on up i'll pray for you